Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your relationship to help get you out and on the road to recovery. Today, I'm going to talk to you about abuse in queer relationships and having um, your yourself, your identity, your sexuality invalidated. Obviously, a lot of you might not be queer, so this might not be for you, but I did a post recently about some of the things that I experienced that might not seem quite so obvious that I feel um, are very important to share with all of you. Again, if you are not queer, I hope that if you're at least listening to this podcast that you're an ally because you should know that I am queer. I talk about it a fair amount. I was abused in a queer relationship. I say it at the beginning of every episode, and um, I think you should still listen. I think you should pay attention to what's going on in the world if you're willing to spend your time with me every week like you usually are and learn this because you never know who might be nearby you who's queer and might be experiencing this as well. And some of it probably crosses over um, to hetero relationships too. So give it a listen if you're still here. Uh, Before we begin, I will do my struggles and successes. My struggle is that I am just tired, um, just recovering from getting back. This is my first episode back in the United States that I've recorded. As you can see, I'm back in my car. Um, well, I guess I really almost never left my car. I did, um, record a couple episodes while I was uh, traveling, but I mostly had done it all beforehand. So scratch that. Um, I'm excited to be back home. It's been great. We've been home for not quite a week. So, um, tomorrow, at the time I'm recording this, it'll be a week since we got back. It's been mostly good. Usually I dread coming home, but the transition's been mostly good. A little bit jet lagged. Um, it has been a little bit jet lagged, but we got to spend time with friends this past weekend. We went to a pride event, um, and it was a really good time. So yeah, kind of struggle. Actually, the bigger struggle is that my house is sheer chaos, just like with the stuff that we brought back and reorganizing. And every time I come back from a trip, I always want to go through all my stuff and get rid of stuff, downsize, because whenever you're traveling and you're like living out of a suitcase or two, you realize you don't need all the things that you really have. And you also kind of like, I don't know about you, but I just like wherever I'm staying, I'm like, wow, I'm surviving with way less stuff than I have in my house. And then you come back home and you're always cleaning, you're always busy and you can't be present with your kids or you can't, I have ADHD. So I really struggle to be present or to get things done that I need to get done because there's always something somewhere catching my eye that shouldn't be in that spot. So I've been working on that kind of a struggle. My success is that our trip was incredible. Um, It went amazingly. I don't really have anything to complain about. Obviously, like I'm not going to complain about traveling, but there wasn't anything that I was like, wow, what a disaster. It just went so well. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Probably in a couple of months, once I catch up financially again, I'll start planning my next trip. Uh, for next summer, which is very far off. And I try to live in the present and not think about, you know, if we're constantly thinking about what's happening next summer, then we're missing our entire lives, like with our kids and everything like that. So definitely excited about how amazing that trip was, even though obviously when you come back home and you get back to your routine, it feels like it never happened. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I think it's a thing. Anyway, Sorry, that was a little bit of a ramble, but that's what struggles and successes are for. It's for you to get to know me as a person. Sometimes I do talk about abuse recovery and the struggles, but, and successes, but sometimes it's just me talking and that way, hopefully you feel like 
you know more about me than just talking about abuse. Okay. So I recently realized that in the past, I created a lot of content about LGBTQ stuff, and there might have been more to it than just the fact that I was creating LGBTQ content. If you don't know this, before I started talking about abuse, I was creating a lot of content about people who come out later in life, people who come out after marriage, online now, a lot of times it's called late blooming lesbian or late to life lesbian or late to life queer or whatever. Um, I created a lot of content about that. I felt really driven to share my story of coming out later in life, you know, having a child and then leaving a, a, a straight marriage, um, starting a queer relationship. Sorry, I'm in the Target parking lot. Probably wasn't the best choice to record. So hopefully it's not too distracting in the background. Um, but I did a lot of that and I did that for a very long time. I would say probably at least a year. And this was at a time when there were a lot less people creating content like that. So, um, I do feel like I was able to help a lot of people validate a lot of people. A lot of people saw my story, um, saw their story and my story or saw my story and then, um, felt a sense of hope that they could come out of their straight relationships and step into their true identity as a queer person and, you know, continue their life not so bottled up. So I'm very happy. Um, I wouldn't change it for anything. I love that I was able to do that at the time. Um, I don't make a lot of content like that now. And part of me was like, it comes up now and then like, why don't I talk about queer stuff more often? Why, you know, I do talk about being queer here and there. I say it on the podcast. Um, sorry about that. Um, and I do like to throw it out there because I want to be, I want to, I want it to be known that I am queer without, of course, it being something that I'm, it's not the only thing I talk about. Um, but I wasn't able to ever put my finger on it. Like, why do I feel like, you know, it's pride month. It was pride month. We just came out of pride month and I made one video talking about how I didn't feel very pridey this year and all that stuff. I do feel a little bit better now that I went to pride with my friends. Um, but it just was like, you know what? I can't make content for pride. I don't feel like that. I don't really have much to say. Um, I just was like, no, there was no drive to do that. Whereas before that was pretty much all I was doing was creating content, validating, not just like women, lesbians, but bisexual people who are often invisible in our society and all kinds of people. Um, and it hit me the other day is that I was also creating the content that I needed which is what I did a lot with my abuse content as well. It's what I needed at the time I was being abused. It was what I needed while I was in that relationship as a queer person who was also experiencing abuse around my identity and sexuality from my abuser, from my queer partner. So I have a list here from the post itself. Um, and I want to talk about some of the things that that can look like if you are experiencing this kind of abuse. And this is really important because this is not something that's going to be on the hotline.org where they have each kind of abuse. Obviously, this is a lot of emotional and mental abuse, but there's not that little subcategory that says, and if you're queer, these things might be happening too. Again, mental, emotional abuse, very yucky stuff. Um, and there's this added layer to it because as we know, abusive people will pick at your vulnerabilities like they're picking at scabs to try to make that wound bleed again and to make it worse. Um, and, and, and this is what they do. And, you know, it's very hard as a queer person because 
I mean, even if you're not queer, you have these things from childhood, you have all of these things. Um, and we don't like to compare, you know, what's worse, it's all bad. But when you're a queer person, you already have a lifetime of wounds from growing up in a world where it's not okay to be queer. So they're going to dive into those things and use them to harm you further. Number one on the list is asking you to do something, anything to prove that you're queer. So in my case, I came out late and I had dated women before and had experiences with women before, but my abuser within the first couple of days literally wanted me to physically prove that I was queer. That is not okay. No one should ever have you prove that you're queer or prove that you're straight. If you are bi or pan or something, and maybe you've been dating women your whole life, and then you date a guy and he's like, prove to me that you're straight. Do this, do that. Not okay. So you can flip it across the board. No one should be asking you to do anything physically to prove that you're anything ever. That's disgusting. It can be look, it can look like taunting you for your past experiences. And yes, we know that some people are insecure. Maybe you're dating someone who has, okay, I'm just going to give examples. Maybe you're dating a cisgendered woman, a lesbian who's only dated women and mostly dated women who've only dated women as well. And now they're dating someone who's bi and they're feeling insecure about the fact that you have been with men and things like that. That is something that they need to work through because this is you, this is who you are. If they want to be with you, they need to work through that insecurity in their own time. They can tell you about their insecurities. They can say, this is something that I want to work on. Now, I rolled the window up because it was really loud outside, but now I'm steaming. I'm in a black car with black everything. It's hot outside and I'm wearing a black shirt. So sorry about that. Um, but anyway, so yes, it's, it's, we all have insecurities. We all have past, we all have things like that, but this is not something that you get to project and use to harm your partner. So I had a lot of times that my abuser would ask me for very specific scenarios about people who they knew that I'd had good connections with, right? Also, side note, you can be queer. I identify as a lesbian and still have had good experiences at the time with people who, with men. Okay, I'm just putting that out there. Most of my life, it's been like, man, when I've been with men, but there have been people who I've had very strong emotional connections with that are men so again, it doesn't have to all be bad just because you're coming out today and saying, you know what, I'm a lesbian. I didn't realize it before. All the signs were there. The writing was on the wall. I didn't understand it. That could be something else that I need to talk about another time, but I'm just putting that out there. You don't have to hate everything that's ever happened to you just because today you've realized that you're queer, right? Okay. So taunting you for your past, making fun of you, saying that it's gross, um, anything like that, not okay. I have on my phone, which I don't ever look at, I keep some stuff. I've talked about this before. I keep some stuff because I plan to write eventually when I have the space for it. Uh, my abuser going on and on and on with this like taunt, like, oh, person, do this to me, do that to me. And they're using a specific name, a specific experience that again, they had asked me a lot of details about. And then later taunted me about, and at the time I thought it was funny. It's not funny. It's not cute. It's showing your insecurity. It's let's not do that. Right. Um, next telling you what your label has to be. So here's the thing. And I'm saying a lot of things right now, like each of these things could probably be their own episode. You are the only person in the entire world that gets to pick your label. If you even want a label. And if you want to change your label tomorrow, fine. Good for you. That shows that you're growing and thinking and feeling and paying attention to you and your body and aware that 
we're not robots, right? So what can happen is, so for example, again, I was with a man and joined what was at the time a lesbian relationship. And I was told that I wasn't a lesbian and I couldn't be a lesbian because I had been with men, which is absolutely crap. And that's what a lot of my content was about back in the day, two years ago, three years ago. Um, and then at the end of the relationship, I was like, you know, I was identifying as a lesbian. This is what I felt comfortable with. Um, and I was too lesbian. They wanted me to identify as something else. That's not okay. Your partner does not define your label or your sexuality. So if you have someone who is transitioning or they're, you know, they say, you know what, I'm non-binary. I don't feel comfortable with you identifying as lesbian or something. That's something that needs to be talked about. That's something that needs to be grown through and worked through. You can't just say, Hey, I'm non-binary. So now you can no longer be this. You have to be that. That is not okay. Each of us have our own individual journey to work through, to go on. And you can either, if you have a safe, healthy partner, you can either work through that together or that person just needs to hit the road because it is not up to you what I'm going to identify as. Telling you how to dress or act. This is another thing. Um, you see a lot of people who will say, hey, I only date femmes. You have to dress like this. I want you to look like this. Make fun of you if you look like anything else. You know, like for me, if I threw on a flannel or a beanie or something, they were taking the beanie off. They were telling me to wear something else. They were telling me, you know, like you still don't look gay, even though you have that on. Just really kind of driving home the point that I needed to look and act a certain way. I need you to be like this. Um, I need other people to see you like this and that's not okay. Um, and the same thing can happen again in a straight relationship, maybe whatever reason, maybe you're straight, maybe you're bi, maybe you're lesbian, maybe you're whatever, not lesbian, probably not if you're in a straight relationship. I'm just saying, if you dress in a way that he thinks looks lesbian, that's too bad for him because there's no actual look. Yes. There's stereotypical looks. Yes. Within the community, we have ways that we're like, that person's probably gay. I can see this, you're, you know, dressing this way. I can see this, whatever, but they might not be, especially if you live in the Pacific Northwest where I do, where everyone's got Birkenstocks, everyone drives a Subaru, everyone's flannel, everyone's Blundstones, everyone's this, everyone's that, right? Like you never know. And so if you want to dress like a freaking rag, like, yes, maybe that person's worried about your mental health and they're like, is there anything I can do to make you, you know, feel better? Because I'm sure that you don't feel good if, you know, maybe you're not taking care of yourself because you're whatever reason, that's different from being like, you have to wear this. You have to wear that. You can't wear this. You can't wear that. Right. Telling you that you're not actually gay or you're too gay for them, which I just mentioned, you know, if I'm coming to you in this relationship and I'm telling you that I'm gay, I'm gay. And yes, there are people who think that they might be attracted to women and then they, and they, they date a woman for a while and then they do go back to dating men. And I know a lot of y'all listening are like, yes, I've been hurt by that kind of person. That's why I don't like to date by women, blah, 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 blah. Again, I'm talking about a lot of problems in the queer community right now. That's also valid. There are a lot of us lesbians who have been with men because we didn't know that there were other options. We never had that experience. We never had that opportunity or whatever. It's also possible that there are women who think that they might be gay because they haven't had that experience. And then they have that experience and they say, okay, it wasn't horrible, but I do actually prefer men. And that's okay too, right? I'm sorry if you got hurt from that. That does suck. I get it. Um, but you do not get to tell someone that they are or are not queer enough, gay enough, lesbian enough, trans enough, whatever it might be. Uh, making fun of any queer things that you enjoy. I did touch on this, but an outfit you feel queer joy in, 
a song that brings you queer joy, etc. So sometimes I would put on an outfit and I would like it and again be criticized or told to take it off, told to wear something else. Maybe it would be a hairstyle or something like that. Don't do that, do this. Um, saying things like, uh, you know, I was, I was the feminine one in the relationship. So things that I couldn't do, like, uh, chop wood with an ax or put up a tent or whatever, because I'm feminine, which is crap. Yes, I can. Don't know how to start a fire, but I have the potential to learn it. If I take the time to do that, like, come on. Um, and then like songs, yeah, I can remember listening to like just the gayest songs. And each time I would, it would be like a woman singing about another woman, like doing stuff, whatever. My abuser would be like, ah, this song is like, like basically making it seem like I was immature or behind because maybe this was a song that they liked 10 years ago when they came out in college and were hanging out with other lesbians or whatever. Like, you know what, if someone just came out and they need to go through every single experience that everyone else has had and they're you know, all of a sudden changing how they look and changing. Like I did that when I first came out, I wanted to look more queer. It's not my style. Yes. I wear some things that look a little bit queer, but usually like you wouldn't ever see me wearing, like, I just don't all of a sudden look any different from what I look like right now. This is what it pretty much always looked like, which is kind of boring. Um, but if you see someone who just came out and they want to listen to Tegan and Sarah and they want to listen to Fletcher and they want to, and you're like, I used to listen to that like a long time ago, like where, like, why are you listening to that now? It's so last year. I don't know, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Let them listen to what they want to listen to. Let them wear they want, what they want to listen to. Like it's bringing them joy in this moment. And like, also there are queer people who've been listening to, I can't even think of the name. There's like a lesbian band from a really long time ago and they still listen to it now. Like Maybe they've been listening to it for 20 years and that's fine too. Like there's no, like why are people, anyway, you understand what I'm saying. There's, there's no timeline on when you're allowed to have queer joy about whatever things in the entire world. So if someone, if you're listening to something, wearing something, doing something, hanging out with other lesbians or queer people or whatever, and someone's making fun of you for that or acting like you're immature or behind because you're just living your life and doing things that bring you joy. Not okay. Um, telling you that you won't enjoy sex with other people of the same gender if they're your first queer partner. So you like it with me, but you know, if you go and try to be with another woman, you go and try to be with someone else, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to like it. You just like it how I do it, blah, blah, blah. And, or, telling you this is how same sex is or isn't. We do this. We don't do that. That's not a real thing. I got this a lot. That's not a real thing. That's just a rumor. People don't actually do that. That's not possible. This is how we have sex. Literally for two and a half years, it was established. This was how it was going to be. And we did not veer from that. It was what they wanted to do. This was the only way to have queer sex. Um, and that is not true. And that is not okay. So if someone has told you either of those things, know that it is not true. Um, and if you are trans doing anything to invalidate you, your gender, dead naming you, misgendering you, or intentionally doing things to bring you discomfort to your trans body, that is abuse. All of these things that I have mentioned today are forms of emotional abuse. What all of this serves to do is devalue you, make you feel less than, again, make you feel stupid, not queer enough or too queer, not trans enough, too trans. Um, you know, you're not good enough for me. You've changed since I've met you, which like people should be changing. 
people should be changing, people should be growing. I don't like to, to use the word should, but like, we are not meant to stay stagnant our entire lives. If you meet me today, I'm not going to be the same as when I'm 40, right? Um, all of this is meant to just drag you down, make you question who you are, make you feel like you have to be a certain way for them to love you, which is not true. If they can't love you for whatever you are and whatever you're doing, kick them to the curb. I know it's not that easy. I don't like to stay, say stuff like that, which is why I like stumbled over it. Cause it's not that easy. That's not how it works. But, um, you deserve to exist as a queer person, how you want to exist, whether you want to be super feminine and date another super feminine person or super femme. And no one ever knows that you're queer ever. Because again, you see people talking about that all the time, or you are this like most obviously queer person in the entire world. Again, I don't want to say things like that because like, again, you can dress like that and not be queer and you can dress super femme and be queer AF, right? Like there's no, whatever, whatever you want to do with your queer identity, with your life is extremely valid. And you should be nurtured in that existence. You should not be having partners. Again, we get enough from society. We get enough from our parents, family, whatever, colleagues at work, homophobes all over the internet. Your partner should be a safe space for you to be able to come to them and process whatever changes and growth that you're going through on this journey, because it is a journey. Being queer is a journey. Being a human is a journey. The partner should be a safe place for you to bring that stuff to and not someone who's going to be criticizing you and telling you how to live your life. Okay. I know I just said a lot. I gave a lot of little examples and I tried to add to each one of them, but it was kind of a long list. And I know I was talking really fast because this is something I'm very passionate about and something that I haven't talked that much about recently, because like I said, not recently ever, I talk about abuse and queer relationships a fair amount, but this specific thing is not something that I've talked about before because again, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing when I was creating that content before, when I was out here validating other queer people, starting relationships, first queer relationships being bisexual in a straight presenting relationship, all of that stuff, I was out here validating them because I was feeling so invalidated and so unseen in my own queer relationship. So now that I have this awareness, I wanted to bring this to all of you. And I really hope that I really hope that this was helpful if you've ever experienced anything like this. And again, just know that you deserve so much more than that kind of treatment. Okay. Also, I just want to say that if you are not queer and you listen to this whole episode, thank you so much for being the ally that everybody else should be. The allies, the people who are here listening to our voices, listening to our issues as a community, um, paying attention. You are, you're great. We love you. Thank you for being here. Um, okay. That's all I have for today. Um, you already know this. I am a certified trauma recovery coach. I offer one-on-one coaching. I have 30 minute and 60 minute sessions, as well as a six week program for anyone who's like, I really need to dive right into this. I'm ready to commit. Let's do this. Um, I have that all available on my website, thelindsaygoodman.com, or you can just go straight to the Calendly link, calendly.com slash thelindsaygoodman. That's all I have for today. Go do something nice for yourselves and go drink some water. I'll see you all next week.